I can't like the Houston Texans, especially with everything that happened with the Watson situation and everything. I can't blame that on coaching. I just think that overall it's a crap team. That's probably going to be about a four year rebuild. Yep. Okay. Hey, we are live and we're going to hit the NFL in a little bit, but uh, folks, welcome to daily fish. We are coming to you from Vegas and Myrtle beach and uh, Hey fish, let's, let's kick things off with uh, the hot stove league. Cause we've been seeing a lot of trades. Finally, a lot of stuff broke. Um, Aaron judge is staying with the Yankees. We thought he was going to go. I thought he was going to the, to the uh, giants, but you thought he was going to the Dodgers. Talk about that. Give me, give me your hits on what you see and what's been going on in the hot stove league. I'm, I'm a baseball purist like Buster Olney and Tim Kirchin and Peter Gammon. There's 16 teams that are unable to participate in the What I take out of this hard line and John is that the Mets, the New York Mets luxury tax will be higher than 12 teams payroll. So no matter who yeah. signs people, until they get this right, it doesn't excite me. What it really excites me and frustrating, name a year that wanted to go to the Dodgers. Nobody yet. No. Yeah. I mean. Hard line, give us yours. You know what? I, I love this time of year because it's it shows me who's really trying to be an arms race. And, there's, and again, there's a two ways that you can build a team. You can build it through – your farm system and build them up like we saw with the Orioles last year where, you know, they're, they're working towards it. Or you go out and you say, I don't care about the cost as Magic Johnson so eloquently put about the Dodgers. It's about getting wins. And I love what Cohen has done with the Mets. I love that he's not afraid to spend uh, for a team like the Padres, where in the past we've talked about how bad that they could be the last few years, how aggressive they've been. I've loved it. And I love the fact that, look, Judge State stayed home in New York. And I told you this uh, not too long ago. I said, if Cashman lets him walk out of those doors, Cashman's going to have to pack up his bags too because there's no way he's going to be able to keep his job letting Aaron Judge go, especially because he could have had him at a discounted rate signing him last year. And he basically told Aaron Judge to prove your worth and he proved it exponentially. You know, kudos to him. So uh, this, this is the type of year I love. And look, you know, to me, the reality is like in any sports, Probably maybe a third of teams are actually going to be competitive this year, and the other two thirds are just, you know, either a building block or along for the ride. Yep, I love this time of year too. I think the big winner is, and I, I, I agree with what you guys are saying there. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Texas Rangers. They signed Jacob Degrom to a huge two-year deal. They also signed a pitcher from the Dodgers, Andrew Haney. Um, but here's also what's interesting: they hired the Cardinals pitching coach Mike Maddox. He is a native of Las Vegas. And guess what? He's going to be a guest on Daily Fish sometime soon. So I'm really excited to hear what he's going to have to say about it and also about uh, what's going on with the Rangers. I think the big loser is is my Boston Red Sox. How do you not make a great offer to Xander Bogarts? I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous. He's now with the Padres, 11-year deal, huge deal. Uh, to me, the Red Sox, uh, their general manager, Kyle Bloom, I think he's trying to turn the Red Sox in, into the Tampa Bay Rays. And, and granted, it's the ownership that I think is looking to save money. You know, hey, they've won four World Series in the you know 21st century, so I don't, I don't know if they're done or not. But uh, I think they're going to see a lot of pushback from fans, missing another great fan favorite. But it gets worse. They signed Kenley Jansen to a two-year deal. That has to be the worst pick of the offseason. Why do I say that? The pitch clock goes into effect this year. Kenley Jansen needs two minutes between every pitch. He's going to end up walking batters without throwing a pitch. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the biggest disasters of free agency this year, and I think the Red Sox are going to pay for it, and I'm not looking forward to the season with the Red Sox. Guys, give me, give me your take on that. Go ahead, Fish. I don't have one. I don't have have a take on that yeah that's your I'm not, I'm not i'm not looking forward to the season because my team hasn't done anything to improve and the league is broken it's a broken league you look you go on john daily sports go on john daily sports on one most every one of his posts is about baseball okay because he's trying to get you to love the sport again but it's not doing to help themselves so i'm pissed off about that i'm not, I'm not happy, happy about that if the nfl only had 11 teams hardline 
that can participate in free agency, how popular would this league be? Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're that you don't make a valid point. Uh, yeah, I don't think that was a very bright decision by the Red Sox, but I mean, you're talking to a Yankees fan, so you know, I feel pretty good about that that you went out <laughs> and did that. Uh, but you know what? There, there's a couple teams that I'm happy that they spent. I'm glad, and and I keep saying this. I I love what the Phillies have done. I love what Dabrowski has done, um, yep. especially you know getting as much talent as he can. He's he's going for an arms race out there as well. The the NL East is going to probably be the closest division to watch next year, uh, just with the Braves, the Phillies, the Mets. I mean, it's going to be a dogfight all the all the way through. And somebody maybe loses five games in a row, that might come back to bite them in the end. I mean, it, it's that close. Um, but I love owners who say they put their money where their mouth is. It's not talk. We're really seeing it. I, I think the best signing so far I've really seen is – the Justin Verlander to the Mets. Justin Verlander, Scherzer, they're back together again. They were together in Detroit. Uh, you know, they're, they've got a great head coach. Nobody's, you know, they their owner is really saying, I don't care about luxury tax. If I got to pay it, I'll pay it. I want to win. I want a pennant. I want something that we haven't had uh, in Queens since the 60s. Or since the 80s, excuse me, since the 80s. All right. All right, folks, welcome to Daily Fish. We're coming to you from Vegas, Myrtle Beach. I'm John Daly. He's Eric Snyder. And we have the hard line with John Hardison from the Cost of Winning podcast and all his sports betting advice. Hey, you got questions or comments? Drop them in the chat box if you're watching us live. If not, email us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. And that one is the number one, not O-N-E. Dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, let's talk uh, a little uh, college football because college football bowl games are upon us. It's also leading to some really interesting questions about the portal. Fish, go go ahead first. Dive into this because I think there's some interesting dynamics happening here. Well, there's a thousand guidelines. There's only 117 teams. There's not a spot to move on and go somewhere else. No one graduates. And here's a crap I have a problem with. Forget the portal. I have a problem with kids pulling out of bowl games. Anthony Richardson pulls – I got tickets for Florida and Oregon State, and Anthony Richardson pulls out the quarterback from Florida. It's a fourth-rated quarterback to come out in the draft. It's everywhere. It's going to happen everywhere. It's going to happen soon in some of these big games. Keep an eye on some names coming out of the big bowl games coming up because they think it's going to hurt – their. they can get hurt affecting their draft status. There's only 256 draft picks. One percent of all you idiots that play college football – Get drafted. That's it. All right? Quit thinking you're making the pros. You're not. Play in the XFL and USFL. You got a better chance. Quit trying. I know it's about getting paid. But if, if you're going to a profession where only 1% of you get paid. Half the first round doesn't make, the, doesn't make it in the NFL. That's all I got. Go for it, Hardline. You know what? I'm opposite, Fish. I love it. Look, I get school pride. I get that I people want to see it. They got all these bowl games that they sold out. But you know what? There's a guy that you, that you know by the name of Matt Barkley who decided to come back and messed up his draft stock. There's a bunch of guys that messed up their draft stock. There's a reason why the Bosa brothers pulled out and decided not to play a year and become first overall or top three picks. It's the money. Look, I love watching the bowl games in the bowl game season, but I also understand that Ohio State, University of Michigan, Central, you know, University of Florida, they're not going to pay multi-million dollar year contracts. I have no problem with them pulling out of bowl games. Regular season games, maybe that's a little different. Uh, but you know what? There's no incentive to a bowl game. If you want a national championship, fine. But I'm going for first, oh, first round pick money if I can get it. If I know when I talk to the scouts that I'm going to be somewhere in the first, maybe second round, I'm holding out. I'm not going to play and mess up my chance of maybe falling to a six round pick and having a, a, a so-so career. Now, in terms of the portal, I mean, look, there, there's there's two ways that you could look at it. It's you're turning your back on an institution that built you up to get to that part, but then there's also the fact of, look, you know, as as this, as uh, Deion Sanders said, I'm bringing my baggage with me. I got my own bags. And, and some guys got to be put on notice. Look, you're not good enough to play here. You're not good enough to be on this level as much as people told you. Here's the hard truth and fact. So if you feel like somebody, I'm telling you the wrong thing, 
The door's right there. If somebody wants to take a chance on you, fine. Look, I've said this before over and over at times. If you ain't rubbing, you ain't racing. And if I was UNLV football, the first thing I'm doing is looking at every kid in the transfer portal that's either got a medium GPA or or can't play at, at a, a University of Florida or University of Texas, and I'm trying to bring them in. I'm trying to build a program up. I'm not worried about necessarily what they got going on because they're going to do what they're going to do. It's tough talk. Look, as my man said, sometimes the organizational structures, you get replaced if you don't meet them. That's just what it is. So I love that kids have an option, but, you know, stop. you want to make money like a man, it's time to talk to you like a man. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you both. I think at some point they've, they've got to go relook at the, uh, at, at the portal situation and, and, and revise it just to see if, you know, it's just kids getting in there who are, you know, there's some kids in there who they've got, you know, a million followers, but they're really not playing that well. Uh, are they actually going to college? Are we getting away from that aspect of it? On the other hand, I, I like it that kids are getting paid and the colleges aren't getting gazillions off them. So I, I think what we need to do over the next couple of years, see see what the actual, because this is new. This is a totally new thing, especially for college football. Um, I, you know, if a kid, if a kid decides not to play in one of the championship games because of that, I got a little bit of a problem. For, I got a little problem with that. So uh, I'll tell you anyway. this what, Daly. I tell you what, if I got the solution right here. If you want those kids to play, you want somebody like a Stinson, Stetson Bennett to stay, you want someone like, let's say, Caleb Williams made it, the, mud, the TV revenue deal that you're making off of that, profit share with the kids that make it. Yeah. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. No doubt about that. All right. Uh, okay, we're going to move now to uh, NFL trends and what's going on. Um I don't know if Fish ducked out on us or not, but uh, hopefully he's going to pop back in. But Hardline, uh, the weekend, I, I thought it was a really good weekend. Yeah. Um, and uh, g- give us give us your take on, on on your big trends in the NFL. Really good weekend. Uh, some games that surprised me that were as, as close or as good as they were. I have to give credit to where credit's due. Russell Wilson played the best game I've seen him play all season. I don't know if it was Nathaniel Hackett. letting them ride free. I don't know if it was just him saying, I'm going to go back to old school Russell Wilson, but I, up until Russell Wilson got injured in that game on Sunday, he and Pat Mahomes had very similar stat lines. I mean, it was, it was neck and neck. And I think that goes to show maybe, maybe Russell isn't as bad as we think that he is. Maybe it's just something with the offense. And again, they're starting to get more people back. Judy's back healthy. Um, You know, they're, they're getting a couple pieces back. So that was something that I really thought was good. I don't know what's going on with the Tennessee Titans right now. They they really they're the best of a bad division. They're not out of the woods because the Jags can catch them, especially because the Jags had that win on Sunday. Um, but there, there's something going on that they're missing. They're not firing on all cylinders like they were last year. I don't know if it's just and I, I don't want to say it's Ryan Tannehill because Ryan Tannehill's been pretty decent, but it's something missing, and maybe it's that defense really does have that much of a tremendous amount of injuries that it's just causing them games that they should be more competitive in that they're not. Well, it's interesting. They just, uh, they just got rid of their general manager in the middle of the season. So uh, obviously they think that there's a personnel problem there and they're, you know, uh, certainly the, uh, you know, giving away their best receiver to the Philadelphia Eagles and making them the best, you know, doesn't help either. So, all right. Hey, Fish, what about you? What were your takes on uh, this past weekend in the NFL? Boss Ricky. <laughs> Gotta turn your mic on. That's up there. Yeah, I'm done. But you know, we I, I think that there's you know there's there's a lot of hope. Yeah, uh, Fish yeah. is having a little bit of a mic problem there. So um yeah, I think so. I think it, let, let me let me dive into mine. Um my t- biggest takeaway is the 49ers are looking real purdy. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, they routed the Bucks and Tom Brady. Brock Purdy was fabulous. I, you know, I, I've always said that I think the Shanahan off offense would suit him perfectly. Uh, but to me, as good as the offense is, 
Watch how he maneuvers in the pocket. He knows what he's doing. He's been watching carefully uh, Garoppolo. Um, and as long as he avoids turnovers, he can ride that San Francisco defense. I still say, and I think it was interesting, he played against Tom Brady. I say he could be the next Tom Brady coming into a season when a really good quarterback gets hurt and you take over. He actually looks really, really good. Let me throw this out. Tom Brady. Brady says he's considering all options for next year. I, I think this season's almost over for him, although he may get into first game of the playoffs. Um, the offense for the Bucks is absolutely horrible. Uh, I, I think he's beginning to show his age a little bit. I don't think it's him, though. I, I think it's the fact he's dealing with that with that offense. Um, but here's my prediction. I think he comes back next year. Here's my other prediction. I think he plays one more year with the Patriots, and then he calls it quits. So Patriots having problems. They may want him to go out, be really great for the fans. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. The other thing, your Detroit Lions hard line. <laughs> oh, my God. Jared Goff is definitely starting quarterback. Solid offense, and his receivers are healthy. They had rookie uh, Jamison Williams. He's finally playing, and he's actually yeah. making a difference. That defense ha has finally coordinated. And right now, Dan Campbell, for me, coach of the year. I love that fake punt that went for 42 yards. Um, again, strong offense, strong defense now, and some surprising link, uh, wrinkles. I, 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 think, I think the Lions make the playoffs. Uh, however, and I know we'll talk about this in the hard line, um, I think the playoffs for them begin next week when they play the Jets. What do you think about that? No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and I said this kind of, what, two weeks ago when we looked at the uh, the Giants and the the commanders game. I said that game has a lot, a very big playoff implication. And because yeah. they tied now it throws a lot of muck in the mix of that half win could come back and bite Detroit because they started too late. Um, I applaud Dan Campbell. He, as I said before in previous shows, I had my reservations about him when we first hired him, but I think we got the right guy. Uh, I love what Jared Goff has done in this five game, Oh, five out of the last six game stretch. Even against the Buffalo Bills, he did very well in that game as well. Uh, they're coming. They're good. I still have. I still think we're a better team than Minnesota. I think just Minnesota got out to a better start than Detroit did. And, and look, that's uh, a lot of what it is to the game as well. In terms of Brady, I just think if he does go back to New England, I think there's some fences that have to be mended between him and Bill. Sure. Um, because, look, it is Bill's show at the end of the day. Uh, and, and they love they love Tom. They love him. But he did leave to go after uh, that other ring. And so, look, this is kind of what you pay for, where you had a team that was extremely well put together uh, that won you that Super Bowl. And then people wanted to get paid. Gronk retired. Uh, the offensive line does have a lot of issues. And look, Brady is showing his age. Uh, but, you know, this is kind of what you expect as somebody that's in uh, their, their mid 40s to a certain degree. I, I think that the biggest issue that we see with the Bucks is the changing in coaching philosophy. You went from Bruce Arians, uh, an offensive-minded quarterback-centric coach that ran the offense very well with him and Byron Leftwich two years ago, even last year did very well to a defensive-minded coach of Todd Bowles who looks lost out there at times, especially in crutch time situations. So uh, we'll, we'll see kind of what happens. I'll, what I go back to as well is prior to Tom Brady getting there, the Bucks should have been a playoff team when Jameis Winston threw 30 touchdowns in the season, the problem was he threw 33 interceptions and that does it. That's not a recipe for success, no matter where you're at. No. All right. Let's talk. Uh, and unfortunately fish is having a little technical problems here. Uh, I, I think we've just said goodbye to the Raiders. That game on Thursday night was one of the most disappointing games I've seen. What, what was amazing to me was that Baker Mayfield who came in for the first time to play for the Rams he was actually the better quarterback on the field that night. And I think Baker Mayfield's really inconsistent as well. But to me, as I'm watching the game, I'm thinking <laughs> Baker Mayfield looks more like uh, like the quarterback that, you know, that the Raiders would want to see. What was your take when watching that game? Uh, you know what? The biggest thing for me with the Raiders was, and, and look, they got a 4% chance according to ESPN. Um and last year, I said the Steelers weren't going to make it with a 4% chance, and they turned it around and actually made it. So they're not completely out of the woods yet. We've we've seen this happen before. Um, the biggest thing that concerns me about the Raiders is their lack of offensive productivity or production in that game. 
the defense did what they were supposed to do. And I know a lot of people are going to hate. The defense stepped up. The defense kept them there. You can't win games when you only produce three points in 30 minutes in the second half of a game. It's not sustainable. It's not going to happen. Uh, You left way too much time and way too much opportunity on the board for the Rams to come back, especially we're talking about the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. So, you know, they've been in tight situations before. You've got a great head coach, Sean McVay. I think they did somewhat the right thing by putting, by giving the ball to Josh Jacobs, but they've got to find ways to not beat themselves. That last 98 yard drive was really a a accumulation of all the things that have gone wrong with the Raiders this season, Uh, jumping off sides, uh, special teams, penalties, things that didn't need to happen that had they just been more disciplined as Josh McDaniels has said in numerous press conferences, uh, they would have won. And this, unfortunately, is the, what, the fourth or fifth 13-point deficit, 13-point uh, lead that they've blown. They have to find ways to keep manufacturing. They can't take their foot off the pedal. They have to find ways to be more self-disciplined, and they have to find ways to not beat themselves. Because right now, if they were even to do half, we would be talking about a team that probably would have a Sunday night game at the end of the year flexed in for possibly the AFC championship crowd. Uh, I I do, as I say before, I could see the vision. I see where they're going. I don't think they're a terrible organization as much as people are alluding to. But I do think that at the end of this season, there has to be some tough calls that are made. I think there has to be some tough decisions in terms of directions and where we're going. I personally believe in my heart of hearts, I don't, I know Derek's contract is what it is. Um, I think that you really consider taking a quarterback in the first round. There's just certain things that I've seen from Derek this season that looks like he's regressed in a certain aspect than, than progress, uh, progressed to where he needs to be. Uh, but I will say, I do think Josh Jacobs gets that contract that he wants. Yep, I would think so too on the latter. And I do see, you know, one step forward, two steps back sometimes for, for Carr as well. Uh, here's the team I think that I, is going to make the playoffs, the Chargers. Uh, they have the the Titans, the Colts, and the Broncos coming up. If they can get Bosa and Slater to return for the defense, they should be good. It was a great game last night, I, I thought, for them against Miami. Justin Herbert is a beast. Um, why they're not blowing away more teams, I, I, I don't know, because I think their offense is good. Their defense should be good, even though they have some injuries. Um, here's what I'm hearing. The Chargers need to make a coaching change. I mean, Brandon Staley's good. But there are too many talented players on that team not to be atop the AFC West. Uh, I still think they could make the playoffs, but I, I think at the same time, too, I think this is a team that's just it's not hitting on all cylinders there. The other thing is, is, you know, there's talk that they're going to be the only team in L.A. because there's a lot of people who think the Rams are going to go back to St. Louis because people in L.A. and Hollywood, they don't want a loser. And. You know, Rams don't have much of a picks coming up or anything like that. So, and they they look horrible, even though they won the other night. So, uh, anyway, um, uh, g- give me give me your takes on that, there, Hardline. Uh, you know what? I think the Rams are going to stay. I think with that multi billion dollar stadium, I think the NFL is not going to let them move. Uh, but they do have to find ways to win. And look, they mortgaged their house on that Super Bowl, uh, kind of like the Lakers. You know, the Lakers mortgaged uh, their house on that championship in twenty twenty. You know, Detroit does own their first-round pick right now. It's looking like a top-five pick, which is great for Detroit, uh, especially when they they did the move or trade for Jared Goff uh, for Matt Stafford. I will say that I do believe that the the Chargers will make the playoffs. Uh, Maybe Brandon Staley does, but I think, you know, you have to go up to Justin Herbert and say, you know, do you think that this is the right move? The team is is uber-talented. I mean, when you look at uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, they, they should be putting up more points than what they are putting up. And sometimes you're going to have lower games because you're going against better talent. The biggest thing for me in that game was I don't know what's going on with the Dolphins' deep offense. It was clicking on all cylinders. I didn't really see Jalen Waddle getting a lot of targets yesterday. Uh, Tyree Kill had some of the weirdest plays I've kind of seen where they just let him slip past and he was able to put up. But uh, it looks like they're shutting down Tua's in, intermediate throws, and I think the idea is to make him throw deep and see, and he yep. looks like he's struggling a little bit. And so they've got to come up with a better plan because this weekend they're going up to Buffalo, and uh, it, the weather's not going to be very kind up there. No, 
especially not to somebody in Miami. I, you know, the game itself to me was a, was a strange, really kind of a weird game. Um, there was, there was a play where um, Tua was throwing to Tyreek Hill. He was wide open and Hill never, never saw the ball. It was almost like he lost the ball in the lights. Did you see that play? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it definitely looked like it. Um, and it, there were a couple other plays where it was like, they were trying to get Tua, uh, like kind of midfield on the soft zone. And he had a, a safety over the top of him, and, and he couldn't find a way. The one thing that I, I question Tua is it, I don't see him throwing as much to Mike Gusecki. And I wonder, is it because they're trying to use Mike more as a blocking tight end, which I knew kind of was a certain idea. But the last few years, Gusecki running those underneath routes has opened up a lot. And I think they got to get back to that if they want to start winning these games again. I think they need to start using Gusecki more often. I think they also need to find a way to um, Alex Angle. And I think they got to find a way to get uh, Jalen Waddle maybe on crossing routes more free with Tyreek Hill as well. All right. Uh, now, normally we would be doing uh, the raucous daily fish memes, but again, just to let you guys know, Fish is having some uh, audio problems, so uh, we won't be doing that. But uh, let me just dive in here. Thanks for joining us here. We are Daily Fish. We're talking sports, entertainment, politics, everything in between, just like you do. No woke, no extreme, no social justice cops. If you don't like what we're talking about, suck it up. Have some fun. You got a questions or comments, drop them in on the chat if you're joining us live. Otherwise, emails at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. Fish, you with us? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you Yay. now. No? Yeah. Wow. Can you hear us? You guys are both idiots. Talking four minutes about the readers. <laughs> they suck! Yeah, I heard you. I hear the whole thing. I'm producing the show. I'm texting you. Quit talking three minutes about the Raiders. I don't deserve it. And, oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Let me, you, let me show yeah. you something real quick. Guys, I want to jump in that you guys took all the – you guys are great, but let me show you this stat. Uh, that's what I liked about football. And the, Can you still hear me? Yep. Yeah. Guys? Yes. Hello. You're good. Look at the injuries. Look at the injury. This this is the injuries. The, the team with the least amount of injuries is Cincinnati. Look at the Raiders and the Chargers, boys, okay? The Chargers have six starters out on defense and five on offense and held the the, the Dolphins to nothing. The Rams, yeah. there's no one playing. No Cup, no Donald, no Stafford, Raiders. That's what I saw. So that, that's my biggest thing I picked up on the NFL this weekend. So you want to do some memes? Yes, let's do some memes since we got you here. Good, go for it. <clears throat> Check out, hey, Hardline, check out how cool this is. Micah Parsons for yesterday's game. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Max Crosby. Hey, uh, Daly knows what this is. Yep. Hardline, what is this? Cigarette lighter? Yeah. That's a Old cigarette school. lighter in your car. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, check out. <laughs> Check out this map of the United. Check out this map of the United States. New York, what? Yeehaw! Disney World in Los Angeles. Go that going, guys. That's it. This actually happened. Someone died in one of these. No, I got more. Well, look. New floating tent sleeps six and offers an exciting new way to die while camping. <laughs> Read that. I love the sales pitch. All right. Tell me what this girl has. Tell me what this girl has if she still got it. Talk about being on meth. What the hell is she doing? You know, I, I don't wow. get it. What does she still have? <laughs> she's off her rocker, but she's on Here's her rocker. one for you, Daily. Ah, horses get farted on more than any other animal. And there's a good reason why. <laughs> She's beautiful. And the horse is too. Yeah. Hey, she can fart, she can fart on me. All 
right. Here's a couple of good ones here. This is the dog saying, I think the best gift would nice. be That's that all one. dogs get a good home. I agree. Yep. And, uh, come on. Wow. Jesus. Guys, I think I'm going to lose you again. So hang on. I paid a lot of money to get this fixed. I'm not happy. <laughs> oh, that's nice. No. We'll work on it. Isn't that so nice? Great meme? Yeah. Now, guys, I'm going to let you guys do the rest of the show because I'm keeping it down. My audio is going to go any minute. So do your, do your best, guys. All righty. Right. Thanks, Fish. All right. Now, normally we would be doing our schmuck of the week and who's got the swag. And Fish is the editor of all that. So we're going to move on uh, to that. But Hardline, I, a drink of the week. And the drink of the week this week is, and, and Fish is the one who set this up, it's called the Espresso Martini. Yep. And um, first of all, I'm going to toast to you, take a sip, and then uh, an espresso martini, by the way, espresso vodka. Uh, you can put some uh, Baileys in there as well. Fish has got a really good recipe, but you can do it a lot, a lot of different ways. So uh, the espresso martini, you can put it all in, shake it up. And you can also get it at Chuck's Tavern where fish is. But what I also want to do is I, I want to toast uh, a, a guy you, you never met, Hardline. His name is Jack McCann. <clears throat> he died yesterday. Uh, Jack was my wife, Terry's uncle. He was huge in eastern North Carolina. He invented, get this, the whip kick in swimming back in the 1950s. Wow. And he was inducted into the East Carolina University Athletic Hall of Fame. Um, he also, he was brilliant. He built thousands of tennis courts with a new concept that allows these courts to last forever. So if you're in Eastern North Carolina, you're going to see a ton, and I mean thousands of tennis courts that have this blue, kind of this light blue um, court. Uh, those are all Calico Jacks. Uh, he also had one of the greatest bars in the Carolinas called Calico Jacks. Um, he he loved a good time. Uh, he would he would go to some of my celebrity golf events when I was on the Celebrity Players Tour, and he would commune with all the other celebrities. He was great. He was just such a great guy. He had a long and very strange dementia illness, so he's he was around, but he he really wasn't there all the time. But he died yesterday, and I just. I just want to remember Calico Jack. So we toast Calico Jack. Absolutely. Yeah, kind of sad day for everybody in our family here. But folks, just remember Daily Fish's Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shuck's Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. And if you head to Shuck's Tavern on North Durango, on the northwest side of town where fish is overnight, you might actually see Hardline there too. All you do is you walk in there, you say Daily Fish Podcast, you get a free drink. Do it the next day, a free appetizer. That's Shucks Tavern. Check out Shucks Tavern on Facebook. And again, folks, this is Daily Fish. We are on Facebook at daily.fish.5. You can subscribe there. Also subscribe to us on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. Watch us on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel, Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. You can check us out on Daily Fish on YouTube and also Wingding TV and Hey Vegas TV. And check out our posts and news updates on Twitter and Facebook. We fill you in on a lot of news that's going on. And even though Fish says it's all baseball, it's not. It's really not all baseball. <laughs> we do an awful lot there. So hang in there. Thanks for joining us. All right. Now it's time to get some betting information from the Daily Fish Hardlines. He's been with us all the time. John Hardison. He has the podcast called The Cost of Winning, focusing on fantasy sports and sports betting. He's on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts as well. All right, Hardline. Let's dive into some of your bets and see, uh, see how you do. Uh, Monday night football tonight, Pats and cards, cards are out of it. Pats maybe have a chance. Who are you picking in this one? Uh, you know what, tonight I'm going to go with the Pats. I just, there's something going on wrong with the, uh, with the Cardinals. There's a lot of questions, especially with head coach. I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be gone after the season. I'd be very surprised. I mean, when your quarterback tells you on your sideline, you're, bl you're blanking up, you fill in the blank. Uh, 
it's not a good sign going forward. But I they live up the Cardinals live up a lot of uh points to the tight end. I think you're gonna see Hunter Henry have a great game this weekend or tonight. Um the the cards have an issue stopping the run. I'm giving it to the Pats, but I'm gonna go money line. I don't know if they'll cover the two and a half point swing, but I, I think they'll win. Um, you know, there's still a lot of questions about what's going on with the Patriots offense. And um uh I, I don't know. I'm 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 I think they're in a flux too, as well. I just, I don't see them getting out of it. Is I, I'm a Patriots fan. I just don't see them getting into the, I don't see them getting into the playoffs, but at the same time too, tonight, these are two teams that are, that are having problems. They're having internal problems. Here's the biggest thing. I don't necessarily have to trust the Patriots offense to get it done. I trust their defense not to let the the Cardinals truly, really score. Yeah, it's a good point. All right. All right. Let's move to uh, next Saturday. And Saturdays, uh, the NFL is uh, doing Saturday games. So uh, they're going to do they're doing seven games next Saturday. Nope. They're doing three, three games. It's a triple header, baby. And then the following Saturday, which is Christmas Eve, they're doing seven games, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay. so big game. You mentioned this already. Dolphins and Bills. Who are you going with? Uh, You know what? I'm going to go with the Bills. Uh, I know the Dolphins need the win, but. The Dolphins going to upstate New York. It's supposed to be sleet. It's supposed to be rainy. It's not the best conditions, especially for a, a team that's predicated on the past. I think that the Bills get it done. I think that they they lock up that division pretty much. Uh, I'm going with the Bills. Yeah, I I I agree with you there. Just and and I think the weather's a big thing. Um, you know, two and the Dolphins were on the West Coast. They didn't do well. Um, and I think two and the Dolphins going up north in December aren't going to do well. How would you feel about that game if Buffalo was going down to Miami in December? You if think Buffalo was going to Miami, I would give it to Miami. I think Miami would find a way to edge it out. Um, the biggest thing with Miami is I don't – the biggest thing about Miami is I, I think their run game is kind of questionable. That That's the part for me. And and when you have bad weather, you got to really rely on your running backs to kind of get it done. Uh, I don't think that Miami has that grounded pound type of back that they could just give the ball to and just keep it keep it pushing. I think a lot of it is predicated on those those intermediate and long throws. I think it's going to be a long day, especially when the wind is howling and it's cold and you're taking guys that aren't used to that type of weather all the way up there. Now, if it was reversed, I think Miami would probably keep it uh, relatively close, maybe even pull it out on a Jason Saunders field goal. All right, let's move to Sunday. We talked about this game being an already a playoff game. Uh, Lions and Jets, who are you taking? You know what? I'm going to take the Lions on the money line, uh, minus 102. I think it will be a close game, especially if Mike White does play. Um, I'm not sure. We'll find out today and tomorrow the severity of that rib injury uh, that he took a shot when he played Buffalo. If he doesn't play and they decide to go with Joe Flacco, I would more than likely take the Lions on the points then. Uh, I, I Joe Flacco struggled yesterday. Granny didn't really have a lot of time warming up. But I think the most interesting fact about the Jets is even when um, Mike White went down, Zach Wilson I didn't see dressed. And that's that's really concerning that your first overall, you know, your first round pick uh, isn't even third string on the depth chart suited up just in case something would have happened where he would go back in. I Keep your eye on this. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe – just maybe they tried to put some feelers out at the end of the season to see if they can trade uh, Zach Wilson, see if somebody wants to take a chance on him, maybe a, a team that's rebuilding. But right now, I think I love what I'm seeing from the Lions. I love DJ Shark, Jameson Williams, Amron St. Brown. Uh, if they could get Swift back healthy, I think that they have a dynamic team that could put a lot of points up this weekend against the Jets. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think what you said earlier was I think they're a better team than the Vikings right now. And uh, they're they're coming on strong. Um, um, at the same time, too, I I I I really like the Jets, and I'm a Patriots fan. I yeah. love their defense. I love what they're doing, and I don't think they're that far away. I think, actually, I thought they played a halfway decent game yesterday against the Bills. Uh, yeah. And if White hadn't gotten you know hit twice in the ribs and went down hard, uh, you know, I think I think they had a chance to at least make that game even closer. All right, Fish is coming back in. What do you got there, buddy? Can you hear us? I don't know if he can hear us. Oh, well. But, no, but you're right. The Jets made it a very close game. Uh, Nothing. Well, yeah. Well, 
well, let's move on. Let's move on to the next game, and then you can you can jump in after Hardline gives us gives us this. Okay, Titans and Chargers. What do you got on this one, Hardline? You know what? I'm going to take the Titans plus three. The games that the Chargers should easily win, they find ways to struggle. I don't know what it is, uh, but with that being said, look, the the Titans need uh, a win. Uh, I think will be a very close one. I'll take the Titans plus three because if they slip in this game and they don't beat the Chargers and the Jags find a way to beat Dallas next week, that division is is razor thin at that mm-hmm. point. And the team that nobody thought maybe the Jags would win the AFC South uh, might be making some people some pretty good money. Okay. And speaking of the Cowboys and Jags, what do you got on that one? I'm going to take the over. Uh, you know what? Last game showed us why Trevor Lawrence was a top three pick. I mean, he did everything that you were supposed to do on Sunday as a quarterback. Uh, he he got a rushing touchdown. He threw touchdowns. Uh, he's reunited Evan, Evan Ingram's career. They're moving the ball. They're playing solid defense. Uh, I think that it will be a shootout down in Dallas, especially because we're in a dome, uh, especially with and, – and give credit. I want to give a lot of credit to Ezekiel Elliott. He has really showed up this year uh, compared to pri- prior years. It's really been a big factor between him and Tony Pollard, and it hasn't really been an ego issue. But I think it would be an over – uh, over 47 and a half this weekend. Yeah, they do score points. Yet at the same time, too, man, Dak made some stupid throws yeah. yesterday late in that game. And, you know, the Texans should have beat them. Can, can I jump in? Go for it. Yeah. Can I jump This is national media. Give no love to the Philadelphia Eagles. And Michael Irvin said that the Eagles I, – I don't get – I'm tired of that. Is a better football team than the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry. Jalen Hurts is my leading candidate for the better. Stop trying to bring Dallas into this because if Dallas uh, loses that game yesterday, they're still saying Dallas is a better team than Philadelphia. Stop bending reality. The Philadelphia Eagles, in my opinion, are the best team in the National Football League hardline. Sorry. I think. No, Philly. Philly is a great team. Look, they they locked up their they what they clinched a playoff spot yesterday. They locked up the division. I I can't remember which one it was. I want to say they locked up the division uh, yesterday. And look, they're a solid team. They're very very good. My biggest concern about them is that my biggest concern about the Philadelphia Eagles is the amount of running quarterback design runs they have for Jalen Hurts, and it brings up me. It makes me think of the year Cam Newton won the MVP and how many times he took off and how great it was. And all it took was that wrong hit for him to go down. I would like to see Philly have Hurts throw from the pocket more than use those desired quarterback runs. He's amazing at it. He's great. He's throwing the ball as well. But you got to save your franchise quarterback. It's the same thing with Josh Allen. I, I, I would agree with you, but what I noticed in Jalen Hurts yesterday was that he was he was sliding a lot. And I think he was really being careful. Um, I think that performance against the Giants, and again, I think the Giants are slipping a bit, but to score 48 points against the Giants, the Eagles, to me, are the Super Bowl favorites right now. I would put on the AFC, I would put the Cincinnati Bengals as the favorite. Go ahead, Fish. Can I, can I jump in? Because I'm, I'm in love with this team. I heard you guys talk great. Jared Goff is now over from Geno Smith as comeback player of the year. Jared got a horrible year last year. The guy who's got 22 touchdowns and seven picks. There's no more There's no more narrative that Jared Goff won't be the, the quarterback of Detroit next year. He's a, the, 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 the quarterback of the Detroit Lions. That's my favorite story in the NFL because the Raiders are a disaster. Sorry, Gabriel. <laughs> All right. And uh, uh, Fish, is there anything on the last man standing up in uh, Shucks before we move on? Yeah, we had seven people live. Now we have two. Five people took Seattle yesterday, and they shit the bed against Carolina. Watch the Carolina Panthers, John. Watch your Carolina Panthers make a run at that division. They're the best defense in that division. Watch. They could. Yeah. Two people alive. 
All righty. And that is the Daily Fish Hardline with John Hardison, the Cost of Winning podcast. You can find him here with us, but also on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Hardline sticks around as we get into some more controversy, and hopefully we get uh, Fish's mic. Uh, hey, folks, thanks for joining us here on Daily Fish. Uh, you know, we've seen a big jump in our audience, so we thank you. Also, if you have a company that would like to be part of the show, you can email us at dailyfish1, the number one, dailyfish1 at gmail.com, and see how we can help you as well. All right, it's time now to get into the muck of politics. Fish, um, hopefully you're hearing me okay. Uh, do you want to jump in there on the first issue because you raised this issue? Oh, we just lost him. That's awesome. Yep, oh, he's, he's back. back. Fish, you want to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene? What did she do? I think Fish is a... <laughs> She's a moron. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. Harry? Well, she, she here, here's what she said. She said, once she gets more control of the she GOP House, because the GOP is going to have control of the House, she said there will be no more money for Ukraine. What do you think of that? Well, one, one, I think she's a tut. I can't stand her. You know, she gets away with shit in Congress, like saying that the fires in California were caused by Jewish things. If she's said the BLM started those fires or walking her off the, the house off the floor and you never see her again. What she's a lot of people out there. I'm not one of them that think we're spending too much money on Ukraine and we're, 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 we're disagree, but she, you know, who knows? She's not going to, is she going to go away? Hardline, go for it. What do you got? I think she's an idiot, but again, she's an idiot that has a, a huge base that loves her where she's at. She'll never be, uh, you know, she's in the right position being in the House, but, you know, because she has a, a smaller sector, she'll never be able to be a senator or anything like that. But, uh, you know, look, maybe she gets a cabinet position, uh, depending on who's up there. Uh, I, I think that it's it's not going to happen. I think there's still going to be money that's going to Ukraine, especially because of everything that's going on um, in terms of that war. I just think that, look, she has talking points. She, she's finding a way to stay relevant. Um, I wouldn't necessarily take what she says as gospel. Um, but, you know, look, she's got to say something to say. She said this in Iowa. So, you know, at, at this point, I think she's just trying to put out feelers for anything that's available. But I, I don't think that she's going to be able to, to tell them they're not going to spend anymore. I just don't see that, especially because there's so many different interests involved, especially in the Ukraine war. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, one, one of the things is that she's like so many members of Congress who are there to be spectacles, to make money down the road, to get known. They're not there to to really govern or to help people. Uh, the the thing about the about not spending more money on Ukraine is and I know a lot of people were upset. Remember when George W. Bush started attacking Iraq when Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11? I understand that. And I, I think that might have been a, that was a bad decision that hurt us. This is different because we're talking about Russia and possibly China here. And we have got to make sure that Russia is not going to take over Ukraine, that Russia is not going to invade into Europe. We really need Europe behind us. We need to make sure that China is not going to run away with things. Um, I am actually I'm, I'm, I'm in the midst of reading an incredible book. It's called uh, Chip War by Chris Miller, Chip War. And it's about how microchips and the silicon, you know, that we have on our computers and, and that's not working for fish uh, and our phones uh, and how it's controlling our economy and the politics. And we need to produce more so we're not reliant on China and Taiwan. And we also need to make sure that countries like Ukraine and Europe are relevant so that they can be working with us. So I think, you know, her saying that is just, you know, she's walking into Putin's hands and, and possibly Xi. So anyway, that's my second take on that. Let's let's move to the uh, next topic that Fish came up with here. The great divide over Brittany Griner coming home. Uh, many people are excited she's home, but a number of people on the on 
on the left, or I should say on the right, said that we traded a basketball player for a terrorist, and that wasn't a good deal. Fish, jump in here. Hopefully we can hear you. They're racist. That's it. It's a racist comment. Okay. He, Joe Biden said, I scoped this decision because he had Paul and the green that's, that's still over there. I got his name. What's the guy's name, Daly? Whalen. Yeah. Um, look, you, you get you get out who you can get out. Um, Boyd, the, the merchant of death, is a bad guy. He's responsible for thirds of deaths. But you, you got to get the you get anyone out you can when you can. And you know, if someone says something like that, it's probably racist. I, I don't I don't get it. I'm glad she's home. Glad she's safe. Um, I hope this country more. There's you know she's got some history of respecting the flag and what have you. Guarantee she loves it now. Okay. And the bottom line is they're going to get the other guy out. I heard a great joke. You know, Dave Chappelle said. Trading the merchant of death for Brittany Griner is like trading <laughs> Tom Brady for Mike Lennon. <laughs> <coughs> Hardline, what's your take? Uh, you know what? Uh, as an African-American, American, uh, I, I think the biggest thing is just I'm happy that she's home. I'm happy that she's back safe. Uh, but it is concerning. Look, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. Like when you, you're letting – someone who's a known uh, known killer out in exchange for, and, and think about like the 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 weighing of the scales. Um, a basketball player that got caught for marijuana, the best that we could give is a pretty much arms dealer and a killer to, to weigh it out to get her to come. Um, there's a lot of concern. I know that they said that because Waylon's being held from espionage from different articles I've read, he wasn't on the table to bring him because it's a whole different uh, scenario that they were doing and Russia wasn't willing to deal with him. I pray for Whalen and his family. And I hope that, you know, and I, I applaud president Biden and his administration for at least telling the Whalen family prior to her being released that he wasn't going to be here. And this is kind of why the situation is instead of them finding out on television and them not having that conversation the worst way possible. Um, I do hope that we're able to get him back because he is a Marine. He's part of the American tapestry, but uh, you're right, fish. And to a certain degree, you could get back who you could get back. And if you can get them, you know, you don't leave anybody over there. And that's the biggest thing. But yep. I'll tell you what, though, I bet she won't be going back to, to Russia to play any more damn basketball, smoke any more weed. I'll tell you that damn much. Nope. That, that is definitely for sure. Um, you know, I mentioned when we were talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene about really a lot of these congressmen are just trying to say things to get themselves out there in the media, to get themselves out there in social media, to have their base love them. Um, another great book that I'm, I'm reading is called Broken News by Chris Styralt. And he talks about what's wrong with the news, what's wrong in the industry, and how it's leading to our politics that we have today. It's a great book. And there's also a good chance Chris Styralt <laughs> may be a guest here on Daily Fish. So we're going to find out about that pretty soon. But again, I, I think it, it's, it's, it's people who are saying this um, are saying this primarily to get more clicks. That's that's it more than anything else. All right, last topic here. Uh, there's some talk that um, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina is apparently emerging as a GOP, GOP presidential candidate, and he would probably be the first, if he got it, he'd be the first presidential candidate as a Republican who's black. So, um, Fish, I'll let you start off on this. Love it. Have you, have you heard this guy's politics? Have you heard the way this guy speaks? He's, uh, oh God, I can't think of the guy's name. Adam something that was on the on the January 6th committee. He's a liberal Republican that believes in a lot of things that Democrats believe in. He's African-American. He's also got that Republican stance. All right. So he, 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 fit, he checks all the boxes. And I think, I think Trump, I don't know what's going on with Donald Trump. But I would bet a guy like Ron DeSantis would be very, 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 very scared of a Tim Scott. Hard line, go for it. Um, from from the African American perspective, uh, if he were to win the nomination of the ticket, I mean that's a huge 
first, uh, something that we normally wouldn't think that the Republicans would put an African-American that high on the ballot for something like that. Uh, but the biggest thing for me in terms of Tim Scott's is I have to see how he polls with African-Americans across the country. They love him in South Carolina. I mean, I think literally he could be um, like Strom Thurmond and just ride out his days being a senator down there in South Carolina and never have to worry about reelection almost damn near. Uh, just put a videotape recording message on everybody. But I want to see what what his uh, his long-term policies are, how he polls across the nation, um, how Hispanics feel about him, how African-Americans feel about him, and then we'll go from there. I mean, there's a lot of building and trust that has to come along the way uh, if he's to get people to maybe move for more centrist to the right for him, if if they are. But uh, we'll see because, I mean, look, DeSantis isn't going to go down without a fight. And if if Trump really is going for re-election like he announced, uh, what are the tactics that he's willing to do? And if and who's willing to side with who? I mean, at this point, it, it's kind of like, you know, kind of like gangs. Everybody's uh, trying to figure out who, what side they're going with and who's going to give them the best option. Yeah, I think um, Tim Tim Scott is considered a a, a good lawmaker. Uh, he was he was appointed by um, uh, Governor Haley uh, a while ago, and then he did win re-election. Uh, or he did win election, I guess you should say, for the first time. What's interesting um, is the fact that he's actually criticized Trump for some of the things that Trump has said and done, but he's done it in a way that he hasn't gotten the fisticuffs that other Republicans have. So he's he's actually he's done a great job of kind of walking that line of not being a Trumpster, but also also not being a victim of of, of being a Trumpster. The other thing is, I think it's really interesting why you're beginning to see that is I think the Republicans are saying, okay, we gave you a really bad candidate with Herschel Walker, uh, but this, how about this one? So I think there's, there's kind of a a little, little reaction to that. Um, I think we're going to find out over the next, yeah, certainly the next five or six months or so, um, what's, what's actually going to be happening. Um, I think Tim Scott would be an interesting choice. Uh, I don't, I just I don't see the, the entire Republican Party. I can see in, in you're right in South Carolina and, and probably some other states. He w- probably would get some, but uh, he'd get he'd get some really good backing of black and white. I just I, I'm not seeing it across the uh, across the country. Could that change? Could we see something different? Yeah. Our politics is going in weird, weird ways. All right, Fish, go ahead. I think you had something to say. Yeah, the, the, I, I, want, I want to end the show with this. I got a great picture. <laughs> that, that is Daily? Calico Jack. That's Jack McCann, who we toasted earlier, and uh, he yeah. was uh, he was legendary. Uh, <laughs> not only here in Eastern Carolina, but also ECU. He's in the Hall of Fame, so we talked about him before. So, uh, a cheers and a tribute to uh, Jack McCann. Thank you for putting that picture up. Can I, can I say one more thing? I, I wanted to do a swag. And I don't I need a chance. So when I was a kid, my dad made us all, all the kids watch one, one game every year. That was Testament as a holiday. That was the army Navy game. This game yep. last week was the only game on Saturday was fantastic. And you just look at some of these picks guys. It was look, look at that. I mean, it's just, you, you, you get teary eyed watching all these kids to protect our country getting so excited. This is the one shot that makes me teary eyed. Look at this. Great shot. Wow. I mean, that is right. And I, I don't know how what, what that game means to Hardline and Daily, but I met my dad made us all watch it. My dad's a war veteran. My grandfather's a war veteran. That game means a lot. It's the only game that the president of the United States for the last 60 mm-hmm. years has always attended. And he walks out in that field and you see all those kids to protect our country. And yeah, I get goosebumps thinking about it. It was a great game. Absolutely. My dad was in World War II, so I feel the same way too. Hardline, real quick. No, great game. Uh, my dad was in the Army, served in uh, Vietnam, so amazing game, win the overtime. Uh, sad that uh, Navy parted ways with their head coach, but amazing game. All right, folks, we are Daily Fish. You can find us all over the place, uh, but we are 
definitely to be listened to on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. I'm John Daly. He's Eric Snyder. We have John Hardison from The Hardline. And you can write us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. Folks, thanks for joining us. Sorry we had some technical difficulties, but uh, we'll be back. <laughs>